Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm an expert in performance and mindset, supporting business owners to create exceptional results in life and business. And I achieve this through coaching, training, speaking, and my online programs. I started this podcast to discover how other thought business leaders create and enjoy success, and to identify the common strategies and techniques, as well as the mindset they have adopted to live their version of exceptional. My aim is simple. It's for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life, but in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to accomplish your goals. Now, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss any of these brilliant episodes. Head over to jeffnicholson.co.uk to register for my Kick Mediocrity in the Nuts newsletter, as well as all you need to know on how to connect with me on social media or join the Facebook group. Now, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we're on episode 173. We're on season seven, and we have got a great guest, Chelsea Kim. Now, Chelsea is a co-founder and head of marketing and operations at Bella, a lifestyle brand with the first conversational bank 100% powered by love. Bella is challenging the status quo and building their karma army by focusing on kindness love, inclusivity, and equality. While putting community and connection first, with years of experience helping to build startups in Silicon Valley, Chelsea is bringing her expertise to banking and creating a positive impact for their community and the world at large. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So Chelsea, I'm really looking for this conversation. Thanks so much for taking the time out. And before we really dive in, could you give us a little bit of a backstory that's brought you to this point today? Oh gosh, how far back do you want to go? We can start at high school or we can just talk about Bella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, what, what I suppose is, is um, tell us the sort of the precursor to Bella that's brought you into Bella and why you moved to Bella is probably a good, a good sort of storyline. I guess we're going to take it back to high school. <laughs> so, so uh, actually, I went on my first mission trip to a third world country when I was in high school, and it really opened my eyes to the disparity in what people have available to them. And that sort of sparked this journey for me. I didn't know it at the time, but I realized at that moment that everything that I was doing was to make life a little bit happier for somebody else. And that was what brought me joy. And so as you kind of trace my career forward, I graduated with a degree in health education, obviously not in fintech or anything to do with Bella. And uh, and I was working with skills training and helping autistic children ages 10 and under with sort of acclimating, not just in school, but with their families as diagnoses were happening and, and families were adjusting. And so helping them find their balance and find their joy again. And so I sort of burned out from that. I wanted to still affect change. And I realized that technology was a really great way to make that happen and to be on a more massive scale and not just a one-to-one -one experience. And so I moved forward into technology and I worked in all sorts of startups in Silicon Valley. I was working in a company that did waveguide optics, which is the AR VR style uh, technology that, that makes the glass that's behind those. And then I moved into drones 
And if you trace the thread, all the positions that I held were always about interacting with relationships and people. And that really brought me to Bella. Um, Through a convoluted path, I met Angelo and Will, the other co-founders of Bella, and they have been in finance. So this was sort of their bread and butter, but I've never worked in finance and it's not something that I ever thought I would work in. And so if you look at sort of the roles that we all play, mine is really about operations of a business, but also about creating a lifestyle brand and a way for people to be able to give back on a, a large scale. But and, and, and the whole the whole nature of Bella seems very different to, I suppose, what a layman would traditionally see a bank or, a, or, a, or, a, or that finance sort of side. What what do you think's brought the um, that whole sort of line of thinking into creating something like Bella? As a as not only as a brand, but obviously for as a, as, a, as the fintech way of doing it. I think it, it was a necessary evil to disrupt this industry. You know, there's especially in the U.S. There's sort of this distrust and and a lot of really good reasons for that when you think about it. And so when we think about ways that we can create better relationships with our money, I mean, at the core, finance is the center of our lives. It's how we use and spend our money. It's how we pay for the things that bring us enjoyment or even provide us shelter and food. And so it's a necessary evil, but why not make a better relationship with that? And Angela is actually the one that had this idea years ago about creating a new wave of of interaction with business. And because he was in the finance industry, that was where his mind obviously went, was how do we make this a better relationship for people and not just a transactional experience? We don't need another digital bank. We don't need another brick and mortar bank. We need to have better relationships. And if you think back to the way that community banks used to be, you know, back in sort of the 50s and 60s, that was sort of, everyone knew their teller, they went there and it was a, it was a place that brought somewhat joy, right? I mean, you're putting and taking money to be able to do the things to live your life. And it wasn't this adversarial relationship on a general basis. And so bringing that piece back into it is really what Bella is about is finding those moments of joy in your everyday life and being able to share those with others. Wow. Okay. So, and one of the things that obviously we've heard in the introduction is you talk about the first conversational bank. What, what, what does that actually mean from 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 either your point as Bella or certainly as people up from the outside talking in? Yes. So it, technology, in my mind, should enhance your life, not just be a facilitator of your life. And when we think about the way that we interact, I know a lot of us use conversation when we're talking to each other, but also when we're talking to technology. If you think about the series and the Cortanas and Hey Google and all of those types of things in the world, you're using a conversational experience. You're not using menu buttons or tap to type kind of short links and things like that. And that's really what Bell is adopting within our app. We don't have those hamburger menus where you select and you just transactionally put in numbers. You're doing it in a sentence and you're talking to to an AI. Now, when you need to escalate that, we always have a human behind it. So if you need help, you're not going through a decision tree or a menu or talking to a bot, you're talking to a person because ultimately everything that we need to do happens in a conversation. We don't talk in commands. I love that. And I love the fact that you also talk about, you know, it's it's powered by love. It's powered by that sort of that uh, a far, far deeper energy and, and care ability, I guess, than that finance level. 
Yes, it's it's really about connection. And we have a program that we launched with called the Karma Account, and it's based off of a Naples tradition, Naples, Italy, called Cafe Sospeso, where you purchase an espresso for yourself and pay for another for someone who can't afford it to come and inquire later and be able to have that coffee for that day. And so it's really that pay it forward concept about creating connection for each other and in our world in just a, a small and simple way. And can you imagine if you go and you pay for a small purchase of groceries, let's say anything that's $20 or under qualifies and you get a notification that says Chelsea picked up your tab today. It's that one moment of connection with somebody that you've never met in person, you may never meet, but is part of this community alongside you and just took that moment to put a few dollars into an account to do something nice for you. Yeah, it's funny because one of my one of my mentors um, told me about told, taught me about that process. And I've done it a couple of times. And you do leave with this lovely warm feeling without without the need to be acknowledged that you've done it just the fact that you've gone i think some people think you're absolutely nuts when they get to the account and go hang on they've just paid for something of mine but it, it does it gives you that sort of that that warm fuzzy feeling inside that you're actually as you say paying forward and giving it to someone else it is it's just as selfish as it is kind right because you get that feeling and that sensation and in the app you get the notification so you know you've done it and at the same time that person that receives it is going oh somebody took five seconds to care about me. They may not have intentionally directed it to me, but they took five seconds to put some money into this account just because it's not tax deductible. I mean, these are small quantities, right? It's not because they're getting something in return other than the feeling of doing something nice. And it's creating those moments of connection and joy, especially tied to finance, which is so unheard of at these times. Yeah. And, and I suppose that, that it comes to the, the the next question is, is, you know, the, the way that, that Bella, you know, even the way that when you look at Bella's site and everything, it's very, it is very different from what you would normally see in the banking side. I mean, like, I love the terminology um, that's, that you've got, like the village and, and all of this sort of cool stuff. And as you say, you know, when you go onto the site, you see the people who work at the company, you know, you've, you've got a face immediately to who it is, even right the way to the founder, you know, um, and at that you don't normally see. How how do you go about introducing such a an open approach in the business, in, especially in the banking world? Because as you say, like even the banks in the UK, as you said, there's, there's trust issues, there's the there's generally just a handful of the big ones. Um, generally, you see their buildings in Canary Wharf and stuff um, in, 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 uh, in London. But how do you go about starting that and then creating the momentum and the community to sort of build that up? It may seem a little bit backwards, but I think for us, we start with the community. What is our, our intention and our purpose here? And it's to create these moments of connection. And the finance side is a facilitator of that because it's something that everyone's going to use and everyone needs to use in some capacity, right? There has to be some way to spend your money or collect your money or save your money, whatever it might be. And when we think about what programs we're putting out and what we're trying to do, it's really about people. And so when we look at even our website, our terminology, the branding and the things that I work on, these are pieces that are really about connection and creating that transparency for those people. Because in the banking industry, I think the biggest part in my mind is that it's so closed off and you know, you put your money into a bank 
And then they invest your money into different stocks or different industries and they make money off of your money. And they they share a small portion of that if you have a savings account and that's where your percentage rate maybe comes from or it gets boosted. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you control it or you know where your money's being spent while it's being held there. And so for us, it's really important. We don't own our banking license, we rent it. So we do banking as a service. And we vet all of our partners, whether that's our backing bank or even the community organizations that we work with to make sure they align to our values and that your money is not going to something that you don't believe in. Um, Even our programs like surprise cashback. So when you spend with your Bella debit card, you have the opportunity for Bella to also surprise you, not just another member through the Karma account, but for any purchase um, that's an everyday purchase, you have the opportunity to have five to 200% cash back on those randomly given up to $2,000 per purchase. So it's a pretty large sum that the cap is at. And we actually in our terms and conditions call out that we will not reward sales of weapons, lottery, gambling, things like that, because they're against our values. And so I think by creating programs, but also showcasing that to people and creating that moment of transparency and accountability, that's what shifts it. And and that's really when you look at the Our Village or Our Soul or the things behind Bella, the faces that you're going to see, it's about being honest with our community. And if we're honest with them, our hope is that they'll be honest with us. That's, that's that's brilliant, and and for the culture side and the value side, is that very much? You know, I've often had guests on the show who we talk about this, and we talk about the the companies that spend thousands and thousands of of notes to get this statement done, and they don't. You know, they they almost right the way from the CEO down to the janitor don't even know what it says. With with. The way that you guys are talking about, um, you know, the the way that you you're creating Bella and growing Bella, how important is and what part of that process does the culture and the values come into bringing that com- your, your organization up? It's the most important part. I mean, when you think about it, if we're not living it, we're inauthentic to our community. And people know that. They can see it, right? They can see it in the interactions, the way people talk in the community, the way that your support team answers you is is indicative of what the company culture is. So if we don't live and breathe it and do it for ourselves, then we can't do it for others. And it's, it sort of even takes it back to those concepts of if you don't care for yourself, get enough sleep, eat enough, drink enough water, you can't be hundred percent for everyone else. And so we treat each other the same way we treat our community. It's all one to us. And so the way that we focus on diversity and making sure that people have a voice and are heard and have the opportunities inside our company is just as important as we do when we're thinking about what we partner with or what we do for our community. And we're launching in a new program actually, um, here in this month of May and, um, we're going to be able to take that karma account outside of the app and into the physical communities and helping others. And so by choosing who we work with and the size of the organization, the individual, what community we're in, it's all based off of where our Bella community members are, our banking members are located so that we can truly put our money where our mouth is. And like you had mentioned, you know, other companies try to do it. And if they don't even know the statement, how can they live it? It's the core of what we do. And as a mission-driven business, if we're not authentic, we're dead in the water. Nobody's going to believe us, right? Yeah, and we're living in the world of social media, don't we? Just, uh, so we can use it with us, or it certainly will use us against us 
if we if we can like doing it right. What's the what's the do you know the story or what's the story behind the name? The name of Bella. <laughs> Bella means beautiful, and and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, Angelo, who's one of the founders, he is from Italy, and so it's an Italian word for beautiful, and that's what we're trying to do: is create beauty in the world, create beautiful moments of joy, and share that joy and love and kindness with each other. Wow. Wow. Okay. So two, two final questions before we jump into the second part is the first one is um, where, you know, it, the people who listen to this show range from very small, just starting out to, um, you know, have hundreds of people working for them. But where do you start, or certainly from your advice, where do you start in developing uh, 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 your brand for you if, if they were looking at building a community and starting that brand what sort of things would you suggest that they could look at to help improve that and maybe it's you know more in alignment with the culture and the values of what you really want in the business and not just saying but what would be your advice on that remember it's not a democracy and ultimately you have to go with your gut. So when we launched Bella and we launched in November of 2020, so we've only been on the market about six months now. And we- Good time to start. Man. Yeah, right? <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> On the other side of it, I mean, you know, we built it from 2019 to 2020, November to November, in a solid year. So there was no thing else to do, really. <laughs> it's a beautiful idea, right? isn't it, really? <laughs> and coming out of it, it was serendipitous because, I mean, everyone was looking for connection. So why not? Um, <laughs> but... But it, it is 100% going with your gut. You have to know who you're trying to serve and what they care about. And ultimately, if you're trying to serve a demographic or a community that doesn't align to who you are, they're going to know that. So it has to come down to what your values are and what your goals are. And if it's money-driven, that's fine. That doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it also needs to be authentic. And you need to be clear on what you're going after because there are people that will align with that. Just as there are people who will align with giving away their money and sharing love for no reason, there are people here that that will align to any value that you put out. You just have to authentically put it there and know that that's what you stand behind. And it doesn't have to be about greed. It can be about helping people understand financial wellness and building their own wealth and generational wealth, which is an absolute necessity now. And so finding those those whys for yourself and going with your gut would be my biggest advice. That's brilliant. And one of the 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 things that I love even from, you know, the 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 concept of Bella is the fact that you know that when you're dealing with you know, people keep talking about, oh, well, you know, you're dealing with people who have had their brands longer or their businesses bigger or whatever it is. But when you can have the confidence to create a brand and go, do you know what? We're going to go against the banks. I, I love that because there's nothing, you know, from a, from a, I guess, a civilization side of things, there's nothing more sustainable than the age of the bank. Like I think the bank I use has been around since, I don't know, we're probably running around in horses and carts and stuff. But it's that, it's that, I guess, tenacity and courage just to go, okay, we're going to, we're going to change it. We're going to disrupt the, the status quo. And that, that in itself is a lesson for anyone. Yeah, I think it's, you know, maybe it's naive type or maybe it's uh, it's this effect that somebody else just told me about recently called the bumblebee effect, where if you think about the aerodynamics of a bumblebee, it shouldn't be able to fly. 
but they do it anyway. Right? Yeah. yeah, no <laughs> one so, told them they couldn't. Exactly. And, and so if you think about the banking industry, it's the same thing. Everyone knows that it needs disruption and it needs change, but no one is willing to take up that battle axe and go and do it. And so we just need a, a few people that are willing to make those minor changes. And ultimately it'll force the industry to make the big changes. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. There's a lot, a lot of lessons that you can learn from just, you know, what yourself and and your team are doing because it's it's a stat, it's 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 liberating the fact that you've got someone that just goes, well, just bring it on. Doesn't matter how big you are. So it's the ultimate story of David and Goliath, really. And it's not easy. I mean, I don't mean to paint it that you know everything's rainbows and butterflies, and I mean Bella's about love and kindness, but it's not always. You know, we don't always get to just be the friendly friend, but yeah, you know, we, yeah. we you do. Just need a hug. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes need. we just do walk away out. just needing a hug, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we are pushing banks and we're pushing an industry to do something. And every day, you you pick up that armor and you battle against it, and then you hopefully move that line even just an inch or centimeter or millimeter at a time. And as you do that, you see the change and you see, especially in Bella through the Bella loves me index, which actually tracks in real time, all of those Bella surprises, whether it's surprise cashback or karma, we see the impact that this is having. And we see the stories coming in from customers about how those, the surprises are serendipitously timed to their lives. It's amazing how many times we hear things of somebody was heading to a funeral or was having a really terrible day, lost their job, whatever it might be. And they went to go get themselves a treat. And that could be a meal or it could have been a snack or it could have been, you know, just picking up something that would make them happy. I think I heard, I heard one last night actually um, where somebody was paying off medical bills and they got a Bella surprise. So we paid for their medical bills. You never know when it's going to hit. It's not timed and it's not based off of anything except a randomized algorithm. But somehow, you know, I'm a firm believer that the universe knows when you need it and things are going to show up for you. And so that's really what Bell is facilitating. And it's a really beautiful thing. And it makes every battle worth it in the end. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, as you said, you've 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 started sort of the, the, the heavy lifting in the middle of a pandemic, which, you know, hopefully we'll never we'll never see again in our lifetime. Oh, one definitely but, hopes. <laughs> you know, it's 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 amazing that the, the, the tenacity and the charge of it. I love it. I love it. That's a fantastic. So we're going to jump to the second part of the show where I get to set you um, uh, and ask you a set of questions. So. Um, question number one is on average, how much time do you roughly dedicate to self-development? That's sort of body, mind, and spirit. Yeah, it used to be more. <laughs> <I'll say that. laughs> With all these battles going on, it seems like I'm I'm falling a little bit farther and farther behind. But I'd say every week I spend maybe about three hours on this, truly focused on my own personal development. And I spend probably about another three hours focused on my team's development. And and what sort of development do you put down? What do you sort of do with the team? Is it sort of leadership training? Is it community? What, what sort of training do you sort of like to specifically focus on with your team? It depends on what their role is and where they stand, right? What level they're at. Um, it's anything from personal development on the actual personal side. How do you manage working in an environment where, I mean, it's finance, there's fraud, there are disputes, there are battles with banks and things. How do you maintain positivity 
and keep figuring out why you're doing this and where your passion lies to stay positive all the way down to professional development of how do you manage a team? How do you build on your skills and round out your abilities so that when you move into your next position, whether it's at Bella or somewhere else, you know, no one believes that this is forever, right? But whether you're building here or you're building to the, your next position at another company, what do you need to get you to the next level and helping coach through that too? I love that. I love that. Question number two, what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? And it doesn't have to be a traditional self-development book. It can be any book. There's actually two I would I would call out. The first one for me was The Trillion Dollar Coach. And it just opened my eyes to somebody who could rule with emotion and still be successful. I think that's something that's often lost in a lot of these stories for me. And I'm a very emotional person. I, I recognize that I have a, a high empath and and sort of emotional quotient. And so it it's hard for me to not take a lot of things personally. And that's a personal development thing that I work on, but it's, um, but it is something that it opened my eyes to the ability to, to have physical touch and hug people and that not be a weakness. And then the other side of it, it's actually a book that Angelo, uh, our founder introduced me to, and it's called Endurance. And it's the Ernest Shackleton story about crossing the South Pole and how he built a team and the adversity that they faced doing that and how they were able to succeed and ultimately survive and doing that together. And so it's not a traditional workbook, but it is a really interesting story and, and an interesting way of building a team. Yeah, funny, mine, my, one of my most influential books was called South and it was about Shackleton and about his, um, about his leadership because, you know, despite, Despite the amount of severe cock-ups that went that went on for <laughs> it really blessing. could have been terrible. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's just pick an exit. I mean, all he was missing was a pandemic meal. You know, he would have had it all. But but to, to to be able to lead his team and keep I don't think anyone I don't think anyone that died once they left the ship. But um it's quite amazing what he what he did and it, it is it's it's sometimes it's the power in in, in books that aren't necessarily self-development but they can still teach you so much absolutely and it, it was about even the way that he chose the team that went alongside him based off of not only skill set but personality and how they would round out the others that he'd already chosen and number three what app makes the biggest impact to your business or personal life Black. <laughs> Can I get a, yeah, right. Black <laughs> uh, and everything that it does for us. I mean, we're a fully distributed team. And so we're based everywhere from the West coast of the U S through Italy. And for a, a good portion of the pandemic, I was actually in Hawaii where I'm originally from. So that's a 12 hour time difference to Italy where our engineering team is. And so because of that um, communication tools are our primary helper <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's the, the it's, I, i've got a love and hate with slack because i find it great in communicating but it's that con it's like the constant stream it's like how the heck you keep on track with that but i suppose that might be just my poor organization of it to be honest but yeah it, no i just keep myself i'm always offline so it doesn't send me notifications and then i just you know sit some fortitude down and I go and I look at everything every intermittently. So. 
That might be the best way of doing it, actually. <laughs> Number four is what's your biggest business mistake that turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? Yeah, it goes back to something I said earlier about being emotional. And when I was really first starting out into leadership roles, you know, nobody gives you a manual and it, you're really lucky if you find a mentor or somebody who's going to teach you how to be a good leader because it's not something that businesses focus on. And so when I was coming into that role, I, I had to learn the balance between being a friend, being a manager and being an employee. And so I made a lot of missteps there and I I favored friendship over everything because I had always been a coworker or I'd always been the subordinate and not really recognizing how detrimental that can be to a relationship if you're always the friend. And so um, both from, from my growth standpoint of being able to manage, but also from being managed and recognizing that even though your CEO is, you know, on your speed dial and you guys are really great friends personally, that doesn't always mean that that's going to flow into business and you need to learn boundaries and, and figure out what that balance is when you're at work. So, number five is what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Yep. Like I mentioned before, I, I think I've taken more and more of a back seat and even with the personal development and things along those lines. And I think, you know, recognizing who I am as a person has been the most liberating piece to balancing this. And what I mean by that is that I'm an extremely driven career focused person. And so finding people who can support that and understand that in my life has really helped me deal with it because I always felt like I had to fit into a box of, of being, you know, the family person or being the best friend that was always at every event or doing all of that while still trying to achieve all my career goals and balancing what those two things were, was really killing me. I mean, trying to be everywhere at all times for everyone, whether it was clients or my friends and family. And so understanding that there are limits and saying no is okay. is how I have learned to deal with it and to learn to accept that. And so the people around me, the ones that are important also accept me for who I am. And that means recognizing that sometimes work's going to come first. Yeah, it's 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 almost because I don't. That's one of the reasons why I talk about harmony because it's not about balance. Because especially if you love what you do, it's it, it can be a really different. Sometimes it's just about the prioritizing, and sometimes you know I'm the same with my family. Sometimes it's it's work, and but if I can move work and do family stuff, then that's what it is. But it's not. It shouldn't. It's can't be fifty fifty because it all depends on what the hell's going. You know, in a pandemic, there's probably more time for you to spend time with family because of just the way it worked. But then on the back end of that, it's probably going to be more work focused because you're trying to get business back in. So, you know, it's 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 not an easy balancing act at all. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean about that sort of thing. Um, what advice would you give a, an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Don't let other people's opinions guide what you're trying to accomplish. And I think that's as much for my current state as when I was starting out. And when you think about even Bella, we used the bunker method. And when we did that, we were able to create something really fantastic. But as soon as we came out of that bunker and we weren't just a team developing something with the closed doors, all of a sudden all these voices come in and you lose focus and you lose what your why was or what your intention was and what you were driving toward. And if you lose that, 
it really shows through your business, your product, whatever it might be, as it's very confused as to what you're trying to supply to people. And you'll lose your community, you'll lose your your demographics, your consumers, whatever you're going after, because they don't understand what you're trying to accomplish either. So you have to stay true to your your true north and your why and remember what you were doing to begin with without all the noise of everyone's opinion. Do you think not enough people have their real idea of what their why is? I think that a lot of people probably start out with it. And then you hear those naysayers or you hear those other opinions or you see someone who's really successful and they happen to give you advice and tell you to do something one way or another. And you think, wow, they've already done this. They know more than me, but they don't know what you're trying to create. They only know what they hear that you're trying to create. And so if you can't stay true to that and take advice with a grain of salt, then you'll lose it very quickly. Mm, I love that. I love that. And question number seven is, what is your personal definition of success? Happiness. And I think that flows through to Bella as well. We want to create moments of joy. But personally, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, I will leave. And I know that that is a privilege to be able to do. That's also just part of my personality, that if I'm not having fun and enjoying it, then it's not worth spending my life doing it. And so for me, if I'm not happy and I'm not enjoying my life as much as my work, as much as my friends and my family, then it's not worth spending my time there because I only have a certain amount on this earth. Yeah, and there's a there's an argument to be said is if you spend twenty years miserable as sin between you know working eight hours a day in a business, it's already screwing with your health anyway. Exactly. And I see that, you know, in my on a personal level, my mother has she's always been an extremely driven career woman as well. And I think I've modeled that. But I've seen how her health declined due to stress and how quickly certain positions and certain jobs would would sort of just deteriorate her. And as soon as she left them, it was like a bright light came back into her soul. I mean, she was just happy again and things. And so to watch that, I recognize that I never want to be that person. I never want to feel like I have to do something. I only want to do it because I want to. And I, like I said, recognize that that is a privilege. That is not something that everybody has a choice to make. But I also recognize that you can set up your life to be that way. And you can do certain things with the understanding I will do it for a certain amount of time for the money because I need this to be able to move on to the next thing. Or I need to understand this and learn this thing. Maybe I don't love accounting per se, but I need to understand it to be able to know what that job does and how to build a business, right? And so recognizing those differences. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, Final question, number eight. Uh, Do you have any daily routines or rituals that make a huge positive impact to your day? Uh, a glass of wine at the end of the night. <laughs> I've never had that one. Hey, you know, it's glass. pandemic. We got to be careful. Last week, last week, it was we're a bottle of tequila. It Today, we've been uh, No, I think <laughs> it, it is about talking to the people that I care about and recognizing that my life is not just work, even though that is a huge driver of what I do. And so I always make time at the end of each day to talk to somebody on the phone. That's not about work, not a Zoom call, not a a Google chat, whatever. And I, uh, I call my mother regularly. I call my brother regularly. I call my best friends. And we have those moments of connection and that helps keep me grounded. It helps keep me focused on what's important. 
How important has that been for you, especially during the sort of the 2020-2021 period? Barry, I I think if I didn't have the ability to call people and have conversations, one, not about the pandemic, not about the world being on fire, not about, you know, the the work and how stressful it is or how overwhelming it is, but really just talking about life and the things that they're going through, what their family's seeing, whether that is a health thing or that's just we got together for a holiday and we had so much fun. Those moments that really put life in perspective kept me going and they are the things that help me remember my why and for for fintech what what sorry for fintech for bella what does what does the future hold what is the what what would you like to see happen with bella in the in the future weird you know Sounds a little grandiose, but we're building an empire here. We're we're trying to disrupt not just fintech, but the way that everyone approaches this. When we first started out and before we launched in November, we tried to advertise on social media because it was a pandemic and people weren't outside of their homes. They were only on their small, medium or large screens, right? And so because of that, we had to get in front of them so that they would know who Bella is and what we're trying to do. And so we had to advertise with, you know, Facebook for Instagram and Facebook and those different uh, platforms. And they wouldn't allow us to advertise to people who were not single because the word love and bank in the same sentence was so outside the bounds. They thought we were a dating app. And if that doesn't tell us how how terrible the society is that if you put those two words together, they're like, mm, nope, if you're not single, you can't advertise because that's unethical. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. So could that, was that a U.S. constraint, do you think? I really, I, I don't know if it's the U.S. constraint and the, the specific regulations and laws on advertising here, or if that is a social media issue. And, and ultimately, it just goes to show what disruption is necessary, whether that's in the technology realm, in the finance realm, or in a personal realm of that our society has let that be. <laughs> like, wow. That's scary, though, isn't it, really? It is. It is absolutely terrifying that that I had no idea until we ran into this issue and I had to battle it to find a way to advertise to people that weren't just singles in a certain age range. <laughs> but wow. Okay. That, that, that was a few meetings and conference calls. <laughs> yes. Startup with absolutely no, no backing behind us in the sense of, you know, it's not like we were a heavyweight spender that, you know, Facebook is going to listen to this tiny startup. That's like, no, we're not a dating app. Please help us. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, and and um how can we find out more about you um how can we connect where do we uh, where do people go who are interested in um, looking at bella as a as a bank service yeah so like you mentioned we are us only right now and we're we're looking to expand but the best way if you're outside the us is actually to follow us on instagram our handle is at bellaloves.me that's where we communicate with our community the most and it's actually where we talk about the programs and the things that we're doing that you don't have to be a bank member for if you are in the us and you want to check bella out as Jeff mentioned, you can go to our website, www.bellaloves.me and read up on some of the things that we're doing. And you can also download our app and go ahead and apply and try it out for yourself. There's no account balance minimums. There's no fees. So what's the harm in signing up and giving it a shot and seeing if you can spread a little love with karma? Wow. Chelsea, thank you so much for taking the time 
and um, speaking to me. It's been a fascinating conversation with you. And I just want to say I wish you the greatest success. Thank you so much. It's been really lovely speaking with you as well. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening and it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.